1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDSC. The final furlough podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Think you can't get better value? Think again. 10% bigger dividends when you bet direct with TotePlus at tote.co.uk.
0: Final day of Royal Ascot. Day five. And as Tuala says... That better value, particularly with the world pool. All these different jurisdictions pumping their money into the Tote market. And if you're betting directly with Tote at tote.co.uk, tote.e or the official tote app, a 10% bump on your winnings, whether it's an exacta, win bet, place bet, trifecta, place pot, 10% on top of your winnings. I'll take that, thank you very much. As our members Kennedy, looking forward to discussing Royal Ascot with the First Lady of the Final Fallen Podcast, Miss Kate Tracy.
1: Hello, long time no speak, Emmett.
0: Only two hours.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, There's
1: enough time to get some dinner in.
0: No, there was not enough time to get dinner in at <laughs> all. But to get copious amounts of coffee in, yes, we were able to do that, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And uh, a man who hasn't been on the show for a while, but it's great to have him back, the assistant trainer to Sir Michael Stout, who could have a big day on day five and could have a big week. We'll talk to him about that towards the end of the show. James Savage, welcome back to the show, my friend.
2: Hi, Emmett. Hi, Kate. Great to be back. Good to have you back, James.
0: It's brilliant to have you back, and we will get your insight into some of Sir Michael's horses throughout the week later on in the show, and obviously in-depth analysis of the uh, runners on the day, but we'll start with the opening race, bizarrely. uh, The Chesham, where Oshin Murphy was giving us a glowing report about Mescala and saying that This is one of his bets of the week. Um, Obviously, he can't bet, but was nominating the horse as such uh, a six-to-one shot currently. Um, This is a very, very fluid market, but it's headed by a short price favorite from that man, Aidan O'Brien, Point Lonsdale, who won first time up, son of Australia, out of sweepstake, um, who is a daughter of Acclamation, and is a horse that we talked quite a bit about after... Uh, his victory, he just seemed destined to be ending up here, and is a brother to Broome, and again, Aidan O'Brien to be fair to him, gave us the exclusive that Broome's brother was going to be going for the Chesham so, fair play to him for that not enough bookmakers were currently betting on the race at the time, but it was great to have that insight, so, in terms of this race, a lot of horses coming in here in the back of just the one run what's your thoughts Kate Tracy?
1: Yeah, you're right to say that. There is obviously very little to go on for the Cheshire this year, but plenty of likeable tights coming here on the back of win on either their first or second starts. But, and of course, I completely understand the argument about the favourite here in Point Lonsdale, who was seriously impressive, well-backed on that debut start at the Curragh in the seven furlong maiden, and trying to make all then, and how comfortable he won was seriously impressive, uh, from a horse who's gone on to finish second, then since uh, Gore and only by a head again. So, the, the form from the limited information again that we have looks solid enough with plenty enough likeable horses in there. And he did destroy them on his debut. So, that was seriously impressive. However, his price is reflecting that, of course. And another runner with a similar profile, at least anyway, who went into my notebook following his debut start is New Science. Because he made his debut start in a good-looking seven furlong novice at Yarmouth, where there again were plenty of likable types on paper though making their davies. and it was a really good day of racing at Yarmouth, plenty of decent maiden and novice races, and we commented on the radio at the time there could well have been a Royal Ascot winner on display there that day, and I touched on this earlier on uh, on the podcast previewing day two, where I said that Yarmouth form is nothing to be sniffed at at all, looking ahead to Royal Ascot with. Uh, I mean, the most recent horse that springs to mind is the Learjet, who uh, did, did he break or equal the track record before winning the Norfolk? Something like that. And, um, and Charlie Appleby obviously knows himself how to win the Cheshire Stakes. He did it with Pinatuba in 2019 in the same colours as this lad. And with New Science, he has all the qualities you would have thought to have been a smart performer, costing 260,000 euros as a yearling. And he was well back for that debut start as well, justified it with a comfortable win. He almost made all the running after not getting the best of starts. But even then, you can see how green he was throughout the run. So I was really impressed by his turn of foot. And for one and a half lengths clear of the second horse, reach for the moon, who's highly thought of. And there could well, should be well more to come from new science still.
0: I would agree with that. However, Mm. there is something in the back of my mind, which (laughs) you often look at Royal Ascot races and think, it would be nice if a juvenile was coming in here on the back of two runs. That Mm. flies in the face of the logic, though, when it comes to Aidan O'Brien in this race. In the last Mm -hmm. 10 years, he's won it four times, and all four runners were coming in on the back of one run, and they won. Mm. And some of them, including last year's horse, Battleground, had been beaten on debut, but yet still went and won. Now, last year's race was a farce, and as Talargi said, shouldn't have been run. It was a ridiculous race because there's a special qualification for the Chesham. So a lot of horses hadn't been out and couldn't run in the race. But he went on to prove his form afterwards, to be fair. Um, And Point Lonsdale just was so impressive. Five and a half lengths to go and win your maiden uh, at the Dakar. So I can't get away from him. Um, Yeah, I know he's a short price favourite, but I I cannot get away from him. I was taken, though, by what Oshin was saying about Muscala. And um, I am in taken by, by new science, but I honestly can't get away from point Lonsdale, um, which brings in James Savage.
2: Yeah. Um, I'd have to kind of agree with the new science reading there. I was quite impressed with that. Um, he did a little wrong in the race and still, still won. I, I always think that's a good way to, to look mm-hmm. at a first time at two year old winner, um, Charlie does have his horses well school first time out, but they always improve as also, um. As Oishi Murphy's horse of Andrew Boulding's, I mean, for Andrew to win first time out, he brings him along very quietly. This must be a horse with a lot of talent. Um, There's an Kabir horse over Doyen there. Soft ground at Goodwood. He's done well. It's done well to win, in my opinion, and it's got away from him after being keen early. Um, Yeah, I was impressed with that. Uh, I also have to bring to the mix the, the Michael Bell horse I think the, the penny dropped quite late when he won at Newbury but he really really hit the line great max um, I think mm. he'll he'll run a solid race um, but going back to Point Lonsdale um, I would have him down as the winner for me he got um, he didn't have it all his own way trying to bowl along the front he was taken on a little bit early doors um, so then you expect him to just pick pick up and lengthen to the line but he picked up and kept stretching all the way he, he's a classy horse um, interesting mix by Australia out of an acclamation mare, bit of speed in the dam side. Australia's really taken off this year, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, mm. I've got po- Point Lonsdale down as as um, the horse I really like, and I'm just going to flag up Michael Bell's to run it, r- run a big race. Hope, I think it really hit the line.
0: Hopefully, what happens, and the, the thing about the international pool is that everyone knows Aidan O'Brien, so they may just mm. steam into the horse now remember, told guarantee the SP. So at the very least, you're going to have that for you. Um, but I'd like to think he'll, like, he's currently a short price favorite of 5 to 4, 11 to 10. There's 11 to 8 with one major firm that you can get. I'd like to think that on the day, that's the kind of price he'll be, because there seems to be a lot of talk about new science. Oshin's telling anybody who'll listen, including Final Four Podcast listeners, about Muscala, and um, he actually named him as one of his three for the week. So, you have to respect that, but Point Lonsdale just stands out a mile. It's new science for Kate. Uh, Point Lonsdale for James and myself. Creative Force, 92. Mustabak is six to one and Naval Crown six to one. What's your reading on the race, James?
2: I, I look at this race in a bit of depth this morning, and the my eyes were straight away drawn to the three the, the, the three Godolphin horses and the Charlie Hills horse. Um I like La Barossa a lot. Um he's had two sort of below par runs which have both been on very soft or even heavy ground um so i was going to say at the start of the show there the the rain forecast mm. thursday might throw all our predictions straight out the window yeah. but, um, <laughs> so, so but that would i really like labrosa on good ground i think his 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 run at Newmarket um, in, in the Guinness trial was fantastic um creative force has got a great profile and, and at his pedigree suggests he will stay seven. Uh, he's got a lot of speed. He'll be able to travel into the race. The horse I like in the race, um, and I think could be very good in time, is uh, a filly called Belosa of Jane Chapel Himes. Um, it's done absolutely nothing wrong. Won first time out, well-backed. Won uh, the King Charles II stakes at Newmarket. Again, quite easily made all. Seems a very easy ride, Um Jane will be bringing bringing her along quietly uh, for her to win first time out again. It must be a horse with a lot of talent. I think she may be going in under the radar a bit. Um, She's about 9, 10, 11 to 1 in places. and She's rated 101, um, but I can see her being rated a lot higher than that by the end of the summer. Um, She'd be my pick uh, at value. Um, But you'd have to worry about the ground when it comes to horses like Dabarossa and Naval Crown and Creative Forces, et
0: cetera. Yeah, definitely something that we need to keep an eye on. But uh, Belosa is yeah. an interesting shout. What about you, Kate?
1: Yeah, that's a, another thing actually that uh, that Jane said there that I probably should have touched on at the start as well is the the changing nature of the ground. Well, potentially at least anyway, Alaska through the week because we're pretty confident we'll have good ground to start the week. But obviously dry day forecast for Tuesday, dry day forecast for Wednesday. Thursday cloudy with a sort of a, a smattering of showers potentially, but nothing too bad. But yeah, well, and then there's Friday. a warning for
0: thunderstorms as well. Yeah, just to complicate there's, things. The,
2: they were saying they could get between twenty. They could get up to twenty mil of rain. Mm. What? Where did that come from? Yeah, they could get up to twenty mil of rain on the, on the Thursday and the uh, uh, on the Wednesday going into the Thursday. So I think, I think they the, changed that. There's a chance. There is a chance of that heavy rain coming. So, you know, when you're thinking of or punting for, for Friday, Saturday, it would definitely be wise to maybe wait until declaration time at least. Yeah. Or yeah. on the day. That yeah. would be my opinion I, at the moment. I
0: think you need mm. to be doing day of race betting with Tote. Yeah. For particularly... You know, the, the
2: the jersey always brings in horses that have not quite performed in the guineas or maybe didn't stay in the guineas and the, the six horse horses stepping up and it's always an exciting race, I find. But I just think that this Belosa could be a filly to follow right throughout the year. Okay.
0: Um, your final selection, Kate?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I was looking at this race there before the betting opened up and I was looking at Belosa and I was like, oh, sure, she'll be short enough at least here anyway. And as James has said, she's actually plenty of value for her current price as she has opened up here. And I'm happy that they are sticking to the seven furlongs as well. So I was talking mm. about her changing up her trip and I was like, no, 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 seven is perfect for her. Please leave her at that. And, um, and hopefully that that's the way it's going to prove. But I was so impressed with Creative Forces win last time out. I thought that was so impressive. I thought it was a group level performance and a listed contest. And I love the fact that he showed his ground versatility in that as well, because I had big concerns about the ground in that race for him as well. But uh, also based on the fact that three of his wins from his four starts coming into the race have come on good firm ground. But you can see when you go into the dam side of his pedigree, there is soft brown form. So I'd say whatever the weather does at Ascot midweek, that shouldn't hinder this lad's chances. I don't think now that we've seen it from that most recent start. The biggest concern I did have with him, though, he did enough wrong in the preliminaries of that Newbury race. He was sweating. He had two handlers. Um, To be fair, most of the field were doing the same as him, though, to be fair. Um, But it was just such a classy performance, and we know from what James Doyle said afterwards, that this lad likes to have a horse to aim at, which he'll hopefully get here with Belosa in here, you know, military style, uh, Mutasar back in there as well, and and naval crown. So, with all of that pace on, hopefully he'll be ridden just behind the leaders, Gets a nice toe into the race here, for quickening up like he did at Newbury in Impressive style, and he would have as you say, been an ideal horse for the Commonwealth Cup had he not already been gelded, which has meant that Connection's hands have been forced to run him really um, in this race. So I don't take that as a negative at all all though because the way he ran through the line at Newbury, I think this step up in trip could actually suit him even better potentially. And he has that turn of foot as well to see him to good effect here. So I do really like him. And yeah, on the back of that most recent listed win, I did just think, oh geez, that, that was a group performance in a listed race
0: by the mighty stallion Dubawi out of a mm. royal an- dual Royal Ascot winning Schwozier. Um, Schwozier. Uh, yeah, mm. uh, the mayor obviously not so much, but Schwozier um, was an absolute beast of a horse um, who just set the, uh, basically set up the Australians who now don't come over anymore. Yeah, I know there's COVID and everything and what we're not supposed to mention, but still, come on over, lads. It's
1: because their trainers are better.
0: Yes, You're they're so like, much better
1: me. than the British. Of <laughs> all the people to have on here now, James is ideal. <laughs> what I loved about that though,
0: and this is an interview with Peter Moody. On, well, first of all, Moody on the, on, is it Moody on the mic? Is that I'm his podcast? Like that. He, so he went on a rant about how their trainers are better than the British. But he went Absolutely. on Nick Luck's show to back that up and he clarified it. He said, better than the British. I didn't say the Irish. The Irish come over and spank you every time. And we'll do the same. I and I was like,
2: oh. yes!
0: Oh! I mean, no, 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 that's completely wrong. Anyway, the Hardwick Stakes. Now here's where things get very, very interesting. James. Because uh, highest ground. police! Oh, yes. Let's go! Back in the winner's enclosure last time out. And um, some people would say an overdue return to the winner's enclosure. How dare you? To those people, how dare you? Um, back in the winner's enclosure, delighted to see... Typical Sir Michael Stout horse in that he, he just seems to thrive with older horses and he's a double figure price. Yes, I know that Aiden O'Brien was talking about Broom. I'm not interested in Broom. I'm not interested in Japan, who's probably not going to run. Tiger Moth might. He might run here and this is the trip. They're looking at 10 furlongs and 12 furlongs for him. Stop talking about him as a two miler. They'll never run him at that trip again. That's what Aiden O'Brien has said. But highest ground, now we're talking. James, give me the good news. Give me the good news about highest ground and the good news about Sangarius.
2: Highest ground's in good order. Um, look, it, 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 it end, when we ran at Haydock last year and we, you know, we beat the um, the, the Gosden horse uh, Volconic who reversed the form at Sandown. We thought we were, you know, this is what the horse we were expecting to see, and we were all very pleased. And that York had just didn't go right. Um, may have gone a little bit too soon and got idled in front got caught by Mark Johnson sauce and then we're kind of desperate to get a run into him before the winter. Um, as I spoke to you about on a one of your podcasts in the autumn mm-hmm. and it, it was just merry, messy ground at Newmarket. It was autumn holding sticky ground. He just couldn't get out of it. Uh, so put a line through that. Um, he doesn't do a great deal at home. So he's not the easiest source to get to, to get tuned in first time out as such. And, and, um, as they get older, they just, you know, they lock off themselves a bit more. So he got, he got quite tired at Sandown, a little bit more than we thought. Um, but he du- duly went and did what we expect him to do at Leicester. Um, he's come on again for that. Uh, we ideally didn't want to go 12 furlongs until we got to Ascot, but the, the, the races that we had to choose from, that was we had to go 12 at Leicester. Um, everyone around, all the team around him, truly think that he is a 12 furlong horse and he stays 12 furlong well. That was a very messy race at Leicester. I thought Holly Doyle rode her horse exceptionally well, yeah. uh, just kicked at the right time to try and get us beat as such. So when I went back and analysed the race, I, I was actually more impressed with the performance after. Um, the fact that he, he, you know, he got there quicker when she quickened away going downhill at Leicester. He got there quicker than I thought he would and uh, ended up just dossing away in front there. He, he knew he'd done enough um, training well since. I mean, look, we've always rated him as a very high-class horse. Um, this is a big step for him, um, experience-wise. I think when you've got horses like Broom and, uh, you know, if Alisa backs up, if the if the rain comes and you've got Logician in there and, you know, they're, they're, they're proper hardened horses that run to their rating. So... We're going to find out a lot about our horse um, come Saturday, you know Hookham Owen Burrows' horse. Who they tried at ten furlongs in the in the Brigadier Gerard in the Gordon Richards sorry, with us, and um, you know, he, he's a mile and a half horse, stays a mile and a half very well. Yeah, we'll find out a lot Saturday, but um, we 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 believe he's a proper horse, and we always have done.
0: Your stable has an insane record in this race, and the late great yeah. Pat Smullen was absolutely outstanding on Snow Sky back in 2015. Sky, yeah. But there's, what is this? What is this? What is this creepy business that's going on here? You've got Aidan O'Brien, <laughs> O'Brien is sending over strong contenders like Highland Reel and all this, and Ryan Moore is riding for his old boss. What is all this about? What's going on here? Why is Ryan Moore always, always jocked up for his old boss and not for his new one? What, what's this creepy business all
2: about? When he rode Crystal Ocean, you mean? Yeah, but I mean, when he's
0: ridden every bloody horse that Sir Michael <laughs> Stout has sent and been on the wrong one, including when he took on Aiden <laughs> O'Brien's Idaho and uh, was was on Dartmouth, who was sent off favourite, and uh, Shamey won. And then Shamey said afterwards, Jesus Christ, I'm so glad I won this race because I should have I should have won on Highland Real last year on his brother. I, ba- I paused it. Um, so No, that... that-
2: there would have been a nice sort of agreement, commitment to the Queen with Dartmouth. And then he was desperate to ride Crystal Ocean because we knew he was our strongest chance of the week. And so why was he on Telescope he, then? What was against Telescope?
0: Um, telescope had won the year before. And yeah. uh, that was the year Snow Sky won with uh, Pat yeah. Smullen on board. And Pat you also, made all. Yeah, really he did. That was a brilliant ride. <laughs> and you had Hillstar in the race as well. Hmm. Um, he was on board, he was on board Telescope, the defending champion.
2: Um, Well, I don't know the agreement, but if he wants to get off Broom to ride Highest Ground, I'd be delighted. He's going to, isn't he? That's my my basic point here is, the the, the, the surprise is going to be, everyone's
0: going to be thinking, oh, of course, Ryan's going to be on board. No, Shamey will be on board Broom and Ryan will be on Highest Ground.
2: I I have no, I actually have no information on that. I I don't know about that. Scandalous. we'll, We'll be all right without I'm sure
0: we will. Oh you <laughs> absolute. When Ryan Moore is declared <laughs> on highest ground and he collapses in private, you just remember that James Savage The
1: block Emmett's number. <laughs> 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 that bollocks ass putting me in the
0: pressure. On to you. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you're a community fan, that's a that's a Dean Pelton reference. Um if you're if you're if you're, you're going if you're wondering why I said what is this creepy business you two teaming up all the time? <laughs> as annie and jeff kept finding excuses to team up god i miss community what a great show um right but,
2: but real you know realistically broom broom will be favorite and justified yeah. justifiably so you know he's a solid horse and they'll give it, it it's this is a strong hardwick i've seen hardwicks you know down the years where you not know, I me mean, crystal ocean won that one in he's beaten horses of rated about 105 to 110 he was a proper good horse himself but this is a strong harder... You
0: say that. I'm not so sure. And I think that... Oh, I yeah. I think that... How... How much has Highest Ground impressed in his work, given that he doesn't do a whole lot at home? Given the fact Since, that last time out, they pulled seven lengths clear of the rest?
2: Well, he wouldn't have done anything with, uh, we he, he. He's just ticking over into this race, you know. He only ran last Monday. We won't be asking him any questions at all, so... It's visually, it's very hard to, to see how far he's come forward. You can tell he's come forward fitness wise and he looks very tight and really ready for Ascot now.
0: If you can't have Ryan Moore, who would you like?
2: <laughs> uh, Richard Kingscoat's a very good jockey. I really rate Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would depend who's available. Yeah. Um, Richard Kingscoat, yeah, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Very happy.
0: Yeah, it'll be um, it'll be Ryan, and uh, high, highest ground will win. <laughs> James Savage is the last ever appearance on the final for podcast. <laughs> uh, right, Kate, who wins the Hardwick?
1: Well, if Alazee goes here, obviously it's not been completely decided yet. So has it? It was still being debated as to which. Um, if they do go for the Hardwick, but if he does go here then he is going to be very tough to beat a thing because, and especially if the rain comes, they have to be more and more tempted with the cut in the ground as well, which sees Balazi to better effect. Because, I mean, we talked about this horse on his first two starts of the season and what an improved model he looked and the fact he was always likely to make up into a better four-year-old. Uh, he is still very culty though and fairly revved as a character, but that mm-hmm. doesn't stop him performing well, which I really like. And I said <laughs> on our review podcast... I don't didn't think he did much wrong at all last time out at Epsom, where he just loomed alongside Driver in the Coronation Cup, exactly as he had done from coming off the pace there at Newbury in his two wins prior, and I thought that the race was all over from that point. But then he fought out that race all the way to the line with Driver, who was just almost freakish in his fight back, uh, because Al Aziz was not not trying by any means and I just think El can be marked up for that run because it wasn't easy to come from off of the pace at Epsom on that Friday at all and that may well have been the difference between first and second so he's actually been given a £1 rise in his rating for that run also and with Driver not in here I can see El Azi coming from off the pace down the centre of a track, romping up again but obviously that is yet to be completely decided should he take up this engagement or whether or not they felt that it would come too soon from Epsom or not so that remains to be seen but if he doesn't then I do think that Tiger Moth is the value then further down I just love this horse so much and I mean even even in the Melbourne Cup he ran a blinder considering that's not his trip he's just yeah he's a a superstar and the confidence behind him dropping back to a mile four would have to give you every reason and yes he was well beaten on his reappearance start then when finishing last of the 80 Metastasoles gold cup but I just, I mean, sure. No, he'll come on from that anyway. And, and yeah, he, he represents the value in here. He
0: did swallow a gulp of turf to be fair. So at least he has an excuse <laughs> for that performance. And Aiden was at pains to stress that I'd prefer him to broom. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. I'd much prefer him to broom. I think that broom has done his winning. Uh, I was a little mm-hmm. bit disappointed that form got turned around last time out at the Curra. um, and I'm not entirely certain that they wanted to jump up to twelve furlongs so quickly, so might see him on the international uh, list soon enough. Huckham is.
1: we keep saying that. We keep saying that. We, we do, to and, and drops he drops keeps it. turning up he in bloody group it.
0: ones in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jim <laughs> Jim Crowley is jogged up on Hockham instead of Alassie. but we'll we'll see. Uh, Alassie may very well line up here. Um, other dangers for you, um, James. I'm just, I i, I, yeah, I so want you to say the highest ground is just an absolute stone cold certainty and we should all just <laughs> get stuck like in.
2: <laughs> I, I i do like Owen Burrows. As well. so like you say, they dropped it down to 10 to see if they, he, he had that speed for that type of campaign. And, you know, Julie won again, stepping him back up to 12. He's a proper stayer. Um, and he seems to, you know, he's one on soft. He's, he's one on good ground. So ground he's quite versatile. Um, and personally, I'd love to see Owen win it, as he's an old friend of mine. He was assistant here at Michael Stapps yeah. for many years. But um, I, I won't be i won't be too unhappy if we go and chin him on the line.
0: Yeah, I tell you what's going to happen, right? Um, if Alassie does run, that line from Kate, Alassie just comes along and bolts clear to be a good second to an ease down <laughs> highest ground. With Ryan Moore blowing kisses to the crowd, and Elektra Nyarkos and, and everybody and uh, everyone in shock. Going, why, 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 is he on, why is he on board this Michael Sattler? Because he always is. I think it's only <laughs> once in 10 years he's ridden for Aiden O'Brien in this race. Once. He did win, to be fair. He did win that uh, on A Way at the Dawn. That abs- With
2: uh, Al-Arsi. Yep. You know, the way he travels into the races is just superb. Mm. Um, he did make up a lot of ground at Epsom. Paul Driver was given an exceptional ride by Martin Dwyer. Do you think if he travels into the race and they've gone a strong gallop, he'll properly see out that sort of stiff ascot finish? Or, you know, when you look at likes of Hackham and, you know, you question Broom, Tiger Moth will stay well. I think you're going to have to really stay well in this race. Um, I don't question Alassi's ability at all. He's a top-class horse. I just think he's gone there very easy at Newbury. He's gone there to go and win his race at Epsom. You could argue the fact that pile Driver fought back Or maybe, alas, he didn't quite get home. Um, I just think a stiff 12 furlongs at Ascot might find him out.
0: I'd agree with that, personally. But, Kate?
1: I would not, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. There you go. I was going to leave it at that note. No, I I totally do respect that point. And and that was the interesting thing. When we were were reviewing Epsom, and we were reviewing the Coronation Cup and whether or not you thought that al maybe didn't find as much as looked likely off the bridle in comparison to the fact he didn't come off the bridle at Newbury, whether mm-hmm. or not he didn't get a trip when Martin Dwyer had taken it up where he had and really turned it into a into a test or or quite what it was. And I was of the opinion that he just did very little wrong. And the only thing that really caught him out was coming from off the pace rather than Pile Driver, who took it up where where he did and and uh, was on the front end, which was the place to be at Epsom then. But uh, I, it, it would be, considering that this is going to be a test and should the rain come as well, even though that will play into al favour in terms of the ground, it may not turn into his favour in terms of the trip. However, I know it was a Group 3 that he won over the Mile 5 at Newmarket on the July course uh, in the Bahrain Trophy, but... Stamina wasn't something I had as a a massive sticking point with him. For all that, he is one of those horses where he looks so flashy the way he comes there on the bridle, and he really shouldn't be doing that in this type of a race. For all that he's dropping back into a group two, he shouldn't be able to come there off of swinging on the bridle, especially on the back of that hard run. So he is going to have to fight and find. But in terms of the trip, at this stage at least, I have the confidence that he will deal with it. I don't. Stuff. And, and none
0: of us, none of us have even mentioned logician. I think we've all just given up on him. Highest, oh, highest, him. oh God, yeah, poor fella. Uh, to be fair, he did nearly die, so it's looking yeah. he's even on the race course. Um, highest ground is the hill I will die on. He wins. He wins. <laughs> yeah. Listen to the we, savage, listen to him giggling away in the background. He knows. <laughs> this man knows, he just can't say. He knows what's going on.
2: Um,
1: yeah, you know who we could be overlooking though. Just, just sorry to quickly chuck her in there. Wonderful tonight if the rain really does. If the come. rain
2: comes, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Rain, That's a very good point. If the rain does point.
1: come, then she. I mean, she probably won't be that price because everyone else will cotton on to it if the rain does come. But she is. She was seriously impressive on on um, her final start of last season, where obviously we haven't seen her since the filly and mares, uh, champion Phillies and mares. But yeah, she. Um, if the rain does come for her, then she she looks a decent price to be siding with here, with that proven Group One winning form to her name as well.
2: Yeah, the sixteen great one start, block, isn't it? Mm. Mm. If he's you know he's really wanting mm. to make her into an arc filly, what a place you know, yeah. great place to start, middle of yeah. June at Ascot, you know, no pressure. The rain comes mm-hmm. great.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And if not, they won't panic. And William Buick, who won on our last year, already booked to ride. Um, Mm -hmm. Right, up next is the Diamond Jubilee. Of course, James is going to have a lot to tell us here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because he was actually with Dream of Dreams earlier on when I was chatting to him briefly off air. But first, Tote Plus, if you don't know by now, is a new enhanced dividend in all of Tote's racing pools. So you're getting better value than ever before all bettors and especially final furlong podcast listeners tote plus are going out of their way to ensure that you get the best gravy possible with the world pool the tote pools are going to be topped up significantly by all the international markets we're talking Hong Kong France America Australia all pumping their money into the tote pool for Royal Ascot so we're going to have a lot of liquidity we're going to have a lot of uninformed money in there, which means the final Furlong podcast listeners can go and take advantage of it. And if you bet with the tote, but only directly with tote, if you're placing a tote bet on an affiliate site, that ain't going to work. But if you place a bet with tote.co.uk, tote.ie, or the official tote app, not only will they guarantee the SP, but tote will also give you tote plus, a 10% boost on all of your winnings, whether that's a win bet, place bet, exacta, trifecta, place pot, whatever. on top of your winnings. It's free money. It's the final day of Royal Ascot. Go take it. Get it. Make it yours. tote.co.uk, tote.ie, or the official tote app, tote+. plus. A game changer. And with the world pool in action for Royal Ascot 2021, there's only one place to go. Uh, Don't say you weren't told. You got to be with the tote this week and um, particularly for Day of Race Betting when we need to see if this weather actually does come in and change things. Starman was one of the horses that Oshin Murphy was at pains to talk up ahead of the Diamond Jubilee. Uh, Ed Walker's horse, he thinks he could be the new star. But Dream of Dreams is in here, and Ryan, Ryan Moore is already booked to ride. So it'll be a okay. double on the day for Ryan Moore and Sir Michael Stout. Treble on the day for Ryan after he's won the Chesham earlier on. Um oh, <laughs> I'm very bullish about all this stuff, aren't I?
2: <laughs>
0: very bullish. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> bullish about all this stuff. Um so first of all, Dream of Dreams ran an absolute monstrous race in this race last year. How is he uh how has he been doing? Um you were with him earlier on today. I know he's fairly quiet at home, but he's second favourite. He's a high class racehorse and um he came within a head of winning this race last year. So how has he been doing? And um, you must be delighted that you've got Ryan back on board again.
2: Yeah, yeah. You, you know, listen, Ocean rode him fantastic. Ryan gets on with him. He's just, he's a lot, I think I said in last Orton's podcast, he's a lot easier horse to ride now because he, he's not so free and keen. So he doesn't have to be dropped out um, like he was when he got uh, short-headed by blue point. Um, I thought Donald Tudor gave an exceptional ride that day to actually get the splits and nearly get there on the line. So he's an easier ride nowadays, but Ryan knows him well. Um, we were delighted with what he did at Windsor. Um, and it was quite soft ground. Well, it was near enough heavy. Um, so, but he's trained, he's just an easier horse to train, an easier horse to manage everything about him. Now he's, the last couple of years has been, been. he's made life a lot easier for us, the, the team at home. He's come out the race super, his weight's good. He's training very well. Um Annie rain would be a positive um and yeah. i'm very confident that he can he can go and win that race to be honest with you i, I think he's he's been overpriced the whole time um starman's got this uh, unexposed sort of reputation i think he's been brought on beautifully by ed walker in fairness um dipped his toe in the deep end in the in in, 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 in the champion sprint the ground there was awful you, you, you forgive him for that Came back and ran super race at York. Um, if I was to question, I, th- I thought the horse to take out of that York race was actually the William Haggis horse Nahar. I thought he did. I thought Starman had a su- easy run through the race. He was drawn. He was racing on the right side. I know there was only margins in it, but he was racing on the right line. I thought Nahar did a few things wrong and I had to switch left at a vital stage and still got within. You know, very short distance of Starman, and when you look back at Nahar, you know he didn't run great at Chelmsford. There have been reasons for that. He's a bit free. He's won an Air Gold Cup. You know, his progressive profile, uh, 115 rated. Starman's done well. You know, beat him at York, but they still have to go a bit to get to Dream of Dreams. You know, mm. he, Dream of Dreams is Dream of Dreams isn't improving. He's seven years old, and he's 120 rated. Um. I've said uh, to on numerous occasions that the autumn ascot ground doesn't suit that holding horrible ground doesn't suit him and at that time of year but his ability to handle soft or even heavy ground um, is 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 fine he's got form on decent ground good ground six furlongs on fast ground would uh, slightly worry me that they'd get away from him a little bit um, but I I can't give you any negatives about him. Andy Rain would be help. He's training super. He's the highest rated horse in the race. Why he's not favourite, I don't know.
0: I can't understand it either. He's come within a head of blue point, who was one of the best of of his generation and was bizarrely retired after that race, which I couldn't understand at all, especially seeing as they weren't shuttling him to Australia. It just didn't seem to make any sense. And he's been beaten by Halal Yumzain, who's a legit or at least was a legit group 1 horse. Um yeah, and and totally he's agree. and he himself is a group 1 winner. He's gone yep. on to Haydock and he's won a group 1. So good style. In very yeah. good style. And it was a terrific ride from Ushin. Now, I know that Oshin is then talking up Starman and he has that comparison. But he knew that Starman was the horse he was going to be riding. Uh, and I, look, I get it. We all want to have we all want to believe in young horses that are coming through and get very excited about them. And he's—you definitely would draw a line through the Ascot form because, oh, 100%. because the ground was yeah. too bad. But the reality is, he's been to Ascot once and he's been thrashed. Uh, yeah, whereas whereas I Dream of look into Dream, that
2: at all. but, but I Dream of Dream has
0: that. an unbelievable record here
2: in the uh, summer ground. Yeah,
0: yeah, in the summer at the, ground the, yeah. at the Royal
2: at, Meeting. Course, yeah, I, I I forgive any horse a poor race at, at Champions Day meeting.
0: Ch- mm. Champions, trust me. The it's, champions day, they, they they got screwed. Like they wanted Irish champions weekends slot, mm. and just HRI got in first, and we're like,
1: "That's ours, mm. bye." She'll, she'll look at even Palace like, Show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, anything uh, can get beaten. Look, Stradivarius.
2: Stradivarius, mm. the wheels wouldn't yeah. spin. Um, it comes at a time of year when horses are probably just at the tipping point as well, and to ask them to perform to their highest rating on that ground it's there's just too many results that i've been you know over the years there's just too many results that don't fit up for me so i generally Mm. go into that meeting with a very very open mind that anything can happen and horses can propel themselves 10 pound forward or horses can run 10 pound or even more below their rating it's just Mm. sapping holding ground and it's it's desperate really but you know let's hope we get a good champions meeting where we get some decent ground soon
0: wasn't it is a know,
2: prestigious meeting, and it's so well sponsored by oh, you know yeah. by, oh, by, by them, and they deserve one coming up that's racing on good or even good to soft ground.
0: But even a like a trainer of the caliber of Aidan O'Brien didn't he only win it for the first time last year with Magical, or was that the year before? Like that had been omitting it's from before, the Champion yeah. Stakes was mm. a race that was omitted from his CV, just like the French Derby. And it wasn't for the yeah. want of trying. They fired a lot of bullets at it couldn't make it happen. And it was because of the time of year, because for Coolmore, they look at the Irish Champions Weekend, they look at the Ark, and they look at the Breeders' Cup. And they go, there are three. And if we can find something for the Champions Day, we'll put it in there. But these are the three meetings we're going for. And I'm in agreement with you. I would love to see Ascot have that. But um, no, you can draw lines through that. But I I also think the 11-4 to about Starman compared to the 9-2 to about Dream of Dreams is just stupid.
2: So, and the value in the, the the value in the race is the forgotten horse Glenn Chiel of Archie Watson. There's you know, another one to win
0: fourteen to that one. That
2: is massive price. I I'd have him down as sort of upsides, um, maybe just outside Nahar and Starman as fourth favourite and Dream of Dreams as favourite for me if if I was mm-hmm. making the book. But you know that horse should not be forgotten. It, it it went over to the car in that race and it was desperate ground, but um, you know. That they, they wouldn't have him tuned up for that race. He'd have That's needed that so, race to put yeah. him right for this race. He's, he's going in under the radar for me. He'd be mm-hmm. the each way pick for me.
0: Okay. So it's Glenn Scheele each way for you, but you're very, yeah. very happy with Dream of Dreams. Yes. Okay. Dream of Dreams for me. Um, okay, Tracy, what about you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm basically just going to agree with everything. For that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 Copy, paste, go.
1: Yeah, there's not. Yeah, exactly. There's not really much more to add. I mean, I, I hugely respect Starman. Of course, I do. And and we were talking about um, the uh, the group two there at York that he won on that most recent start. And we were basically analysing the race and saying about well, proven sprinters in here. And but you were kind of you, you were kind of hoping that something unexposed was going to come out of the pack. And to really sort of assert themselves and breathe almost a new lease of life then into the sprinting division, and that's exactly what the front two did with Starman and Nahar, and, and it was it was it was a really good result I thought for racing in that sense that there was this you know this other generation then coming up and uh, and to really throw it down to the to the proven performers there who were all already at the head of the table, and so of course I really do like Starman, but his price evidently reflects his chances, but he isn't completely untouchable here. And as you've said already, that the only disappointing run of his career did come at Ascot uh, in the soft ground, but I'd be of the same opinion as James where I would forgive that uh, as much as anything. But then you do have to factor in if the rain does come back at Ascot, factor in his price. You know, there are enough reasons to think that he isn't completely untouchable here. And so therefore... Everything has its price and dream of dreams looks overpriced because of that totally. And as, as James has said as well, I mean, he's rated officially four pound higher than Starman as well on a rating of 120 running the diamond Jubilee twice, second on both occasions, only beating ahead on both of those. We know how well he goes in this race, um, and yeah, I was going to um, ask Jane sort of about about kind of how how this horse's campaign because I mean, what was it uh, two years ago when he came into this race? That was his reappearance start, was it? Um, last year last was year. his yeah. Sorry, last yeah. year was his reappearance, and the year before was on the back of two two runs, yeah. And then obviously he's come with just the one run now. So would that kind of be a perfect middle ground in terms of preparation? Do you think for this race?
2: Yeah, the, the reason we, obviously we were forced to go straight to Ascot last year and he, he ran yeah. right up to his form. The, um, he's just become an easier horse to get fit at home. We, mm-hmm. We've we managed to deal with him in the way that less is more. Um, yeah. I think when we got him first, um, you know, we he, he was a little, you could almost call him a little inconsistent, if, if mm-hmm. I will, but it, a lot of that was to do with his running style, racing style, of him being so free early on and yeah. wanting to get from A to B, like, uh, too quickly so the whole switching him off and chilling him at home and then just trying to get him fresh between races has mm. worked you know even slipping in races like Hungerford last year was fitted in with time because we missed a July um I would think the the two years ago when he had two runs is because he was so well in the spring so mm. Michael said I've got to run him somewhere and Chelmsford's probably not his gig over six but he went and won with the race in mm-hmm. Windsor always being in mind, but he said he's so well, I've got to run him. So we ran him, and he won. He won at Windsor, beat the, the Tin Man of James Fanchors and then obviously we ran a good second to Blue Point. I, I think one run and, um, and then dealing with him at home is probably the perfect preparation. If I'm honest, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think we're,
2: yeah, I know he's seven, and he's like I said, he's not going to improve, and he's not going to be rated 126 by the end of the year, but he's there, and it's the yeah. perfect prep. Perfect
1: prep yeah. for us. That, that's, that's literally what I'm so hoping you're going to say. Mm. That this just looks, at least on the basis of those two most recent years, like the most perfect prep for mm. him. And I mean, he's officially rated three pound and nine pound, a three pound and nine pound better horse than he was even on those two previous starts. Anyway, so as you say, he doesn't actually have to improve his rating that he's no. up to now, just would would win him it anyway, if you bear in mind those two most recent results. So totally agree with, yeah, Dream of Dreams. And yeah, totally also agree that Shield is the value in the race there, especially because of his second two Dream of Dreams after at Haydock. So yes, total agreement.
0: And official <laughs> ratings has currently Dream of Dreams 120, Glenshield 117, Starman 116. So I'll take the box exactor, please, yeah. which is the correct... Yeah. We now know is the correct expression. A it's a reverse exacta. Very much. <laughs> Thank you very much, Barry Faulkner, who will be back on the show soon. Uh, as we talk about American racing. So dream of dreams to be Glen Shield. There's your exacta. We'll see you in Dubai. Uh, right, we're off to the Walkingham. Um, this is an easy race. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so maximum field. Exactly. <laughs> maximum field of 28 is 63 enters fantastic uh boardman is pretty prominent in most books but is 37 on my list right now so he's not guaranteed to get in here and they might just take their chance anyway on the friday um well let's let's look at the market as it is or let, let's look at who's there so uh, i'll start i'll give it over to you okay tracy i'll say that pendleton is the one that interests me but for you what do you like
1: Yeah, I'm just getting up the betting here now, actually, because I couldn't get a showing out here. Oh, oh, he's second favorite. Oh, that's all right, I'm sure. Screw it, I'll go with it anyway. Um, with Chief of Chiefs in here. <laughs> I didn't, I actually had no show of betting earlier. Screw it, I I'll was go with it anyway. Race, I was like, <laughs> to be fair, the price that I'm currently looking at, obviously this is going to change, you know, markedly to nearing the off anyway. But Chief of Chiefs at his current price would still be enough interest there. I mean, Chill Chill further down is about the same price, but those two are the main two for me. But Chief of Chiefs, the main one. Um, obviously the winner of the silver wokeum last year off of a mark and 95. Five, whereas he's running off of a four-pound higher mark here in the main event, and it was it was a bit of a shame not to see him go on from that win last year because I think Charlie Fellows was fair was pretty harsh on himself, if I remember rightly, as to why the horse hasn't, hadn't won in so long. And that was that he basically said it was actually a bit of bad training on his part because he said he ended up so well handicapped because he was running him over the wrong trip and that he, we were never likely to see him running over six um, over further than six furlongs again. So it has been interesting to see that he's been highly tried and listed in Group and Heritage handicap company since then. Again, over six and seven furlongs as well, which haven't we haven't seen him to the best effect. But well, he has been running consistently well, and his RPRs will tell you that themselves. Hence, also why he hasn't come down. Uh, in the handicap because he's been running to form for the most part. We know how well he runs his track, and he could well do so again. And you, I think I thought he might just be a bit further down the betting, but he's been well enough found here. But he's still getting enough value about him. I think Chief of Chiefs.
0: Yeah, he's twelve to one. I mean, there's no mm, need to be there's no need to be hard on yourself whatsoever, particularly <laughs> when there's so many horses that are coming into single figures, and it's all going to change on the day anyway, because yeah. th- th- this, this is an anti-post book. And we all know that anti suppose betting is a bloody joke these days. So by the time you actually get day of race market, it should be more liquid, particularly if you're betting with tote and you've got the Whirlpool. Uh but if you're betting with a, a bookmaker, it there should be a lot more liquidity there, in theory. So mm. um and I, I would definitely back you up. I'd still favor Pendleton, but I would back you up hundred percent. Uh mm. what about you, James?
2: Uh, just looking at sort of profiles in the race, you know, these are not sort of races I'd be looking at all the time as we very rarely have these sprint handicappers in the yard. But, um, you know, R- R- Rohan's got an obvious improving profile. Dave Evans has done a marvellous job with that horse, I must say. Chief of Chiefs I looked at and thought, yeah, it's probably just hanging around the mark where he could win. A um, horse I like from a trainer who does exceptionally well with these horse types of horses is Fresh, with James Fanshaw's. Um, he's got two sort of uh, me- mediocre runs on the all-weather, October and April. But you look the either side of them two runs, he's ran a big race at, on soft ground at Ascot um, back in the, the, the 2nd of October, and he's backed it up with a win in the 7th of May this year. And it was a Class 3 handicap, and he's beat Pendleton um, a, a Nose uh, towards rear niggle along. You know, he was given plenty to do. I just think with James Fanshawe, with this type of horse, um, He'd be the one I'd go with, um, and fairly unexposed. A lot of the horses in front of him for me look probably at the ceiling, to be honest with you. So I'm going with fresh.
0: Who is a 14 to one shot, at least fresh. I like
2: James Fancho with these sort of younger four-year-old getting into the five-year-old career type of sprinters that, you know, Mm. I can see him being, I can see him being a hundred plus horse by the end of the summer. His ability to handle cutting the ground is there to see, um, yeah, I'm with Fresh.
0: Okay, uh, more runners on the day for the Samaritan St. start team, this time in the Golden Gate Stakes. Uh, so currently you have entered Indigo Jones and Mashar. Is the plan to run both?
2: The plan, we have Possible Man in also of King Powers. Um, <clears throat> a Possible Man, I'll go, I'll go through these quite quickly. Possible Man got, he up a very pro- progressive profile and got really stuck in bad ground at Sandown, um, He's, he's just not strong strong enough uh, physically. He's a lovely, great big specimen, a homebred of King Powers, and he will be a lovely horse when we go a mile and a half. He just got stuck in the ground at Sandown, and um, we're not sure whether he's going there or not yet. Inigo Jones and mashore would be at the forefront. mashore's um, a horse I really like, but he probably won't get in off 87. He's um, a Kingman horse out of what Manor stood. Shadow bought. As a yearling, he did won his um, novice at Nottingham in the spring, after finished fourth as a two-year-old on soft ground at Newbury, and then went to Chelmsford. And we always think that it's extremely hard to carry a penalty in these novices, no matter how good you are. And he did everything right, quickened up, went clear, won the race. And because they'd just gone a little bit too hard early in the fractions that he got caught up in, he got done on the line by a first-time at Philly that was, you know finishing late on his outside. He ran a super race. Um, he's, he's, he's rated 87, which is a rating, I think, he's more than capable of winning off and going further even more. Uh, the step up to 10, we're certain, will improve him. But we don't think he, he'll get in. Um, very live chance if he does get in. Um, versatile ground-wise. Um, travels extremely well in his races. He'll stay 10. So I, I like him. Um, Inigo Jones is a much higher rated horse, 96. Um quite he did really well first time out this year when he, he bowled along in front. He got an easy lead, but he did race quite keen at Chelmsford. And he beat a lovely horse called Harlem Rocker of um John Gosden's. And we were we were quite excited. So we pumped him into the the listed race at Newmarket and bumped into a horse called Mohafeth of mm. William Haggis's. <laughs> mm. uh, we, we, but in fairness, we probably in fairness to the horse. He's a real big, lovely, strong horse. Um, and we just kind of thought in a small field, why don't we let him do what he did at Chelmsford? And he probably just set the race up for, you know, he got racing a little bit too early maybe, and it, we probably set the race up for the, for the winner. Now, we would never have beaten him anyway. But I think when we get this horse dropped in and settled, and he learns to race that way. I think we'll see. He's got a lot of potential. This horse. Um, we did. We had success with his brother that Shadwell owned. He's a horse out of space just by new approach. You know, there's a there's a race horse in this horse. He's got an engine. Um, we just need to get him to do it the right way round. And I'm, I'm hoping he runs, and we can ride him with a bit more patience. Um, two nice horses to aim at the race, but it's a very competitive race by the look of it. I mean, the horse. Um, there's a horse in there I really like, really like called Siskani of Charlie Applebee's. Yeah. He got a very good ride at um, Sandown. He beat, actually beat the horse possible man I was talking about earlier on that tacky ground. He got an exceptional ride from the front, but the way he quickened all the way up that hill at Sandown really impressed me. And I had him noted down as a, as a, as a stakes horse in the making. Um, so I'm with Siskani um, in this race from a betting point of view. Um, if our two boys get in, the horse is definitely to be watched and noted, especially. Um, Indigo Jones going forward, I'm sure he'll progress as the air goes on, no doubt about that.
0: Siskani might struggle to get in here because the maximum, yeah, 96, yeah, yeah, maximum field is 16, which is pretty yeah, bloody just, frustrating. was um,
2: yeah, like, like all of ours, are, Indigo Jones should get in. Oh, yeah,
0: he'll definitely get in. Yeah. Um, whereas Siskani is down at number thirty-two, but they do have yeah. an alternative. They could go for the Thursday race, uh, the King George fifth Yeah, yeah. I think
2: a lot of horses will they, they will be double entered.
0: Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent, and it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. But for you, Kate, who are you going to start with?
1: Oh, pff, I, to be honest, with this race. I uh, just don't really know what to do with it because <laughs> of all of those double entries that we've got throughout the earlier parts of the week. We haven't got the draws, we haven't got the final lineup, we haven't got, I, I, I don't know where some of these horses are going to end up. Uh, there are a couple of horses I like where I don't know if they'll get into this. It looks like they're going to go somewhere else. George Peabody. So roomy as well. I think that they're most likely to run earlier on in the week. Uh, I think they'll have good chances earlier on in the week. But uh, to be honest, I found this race. If, if I was to be picking horses out here and naming horses, it would just be for the sake of it. So to be honest with you, I am more than happy to go with what James is saying there, uh, who is far more in the know of this race and, and, and riding with Indigo Jones as well, because I just think he's such a lovely horse. So, yeah. Cannot, not really much I can add to this race, unfortunately, at this stage.
0: Well, I would just like to say that I appreciate your honesty. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: the, listeners, um, did, do you, um,
0: the listeners do expect... Dream of Dreams' his
2: brother actually runs in this race. Half-brother by Galileo. fantastic. Uh, Half-brother by Frankel, called Fantastic Fox. Oh, yes. oh and, yeah. And I know the guys like him a lot. Yeah, yeah.
0: Roger Varian, de D'Souza already... Well, actually, mm. D'Souza has booked on both foxtails and fantastic Fox, but
2: still, but it, he only won like, look, look, he won a, a very ordinary race at, um, Hamilton last time out, but he, he really hit the line well. And with that speed and that in the, in the pedigree, he could, he's got, you know, now down as could be anything type of horse. He, he they made me running at Newbury first time out this year at Snow Lantern, winning at Derab second, you know, that that's strong form yep. right the way through. And so if, if I'm, if the, uh, Charlie Appleby horse. I like Siskani doesn't get in and Indigo Jones. I like, obviously I, I'll I'll be looking at, um, fantastic Fox.
0: Okay. So fantastic Fox with, uh, potentially Sylvester D'Souza on board, although he is double booked with Andrew Bowling. Um, but let's say this one is the one they go for. Uh, we know he's highly regarded. We know he's got good form. So let's go. And, uh, Indigo Jones, we will definitely be cheering on for the Sir St. Michael Michael's mm. team, which brings us to the final race. Of the entire meeting, not just today, but the entire meeting. Uh, the Queen Alexandra Stakes, over two miles, five and a half furlongs. Our American listeners go, what the hell are you guys <laughs> doing over there? I didn't know there was a hurdle race. Jesus
1: Christ, man. The uh, Indy 500 of horse racing. Man, oh come God. on. You guys smash into each
0: other as well. It's going be hilarious, <laughs> man. Uh <sighs> I, I was watching I,
1: that the other day I had no idea what was going on at Indy
0: 500 it's insane they just go out yeah. to kill each other why are
1: they still going oh yeah they've got a fair, 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 fair way still to go yeah
0: it's um, it's it's mad I have no idea what's going to win this I'm slightly interested in, in Stratham but then again Stratham is it's a max 20 and he's 25 now he'll probably get in Cape Gentleman is double entered and he's in here as well and wherever he goes so he's due to run on, on Tuesday and Rachel Blackmore's book to write, so you can see.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah, you can kind of see that would be Tuesday. So you can kind of see like a nice plot job there from Emmett Mullins, who's done very well in the UK with jumpers already, and um, including this far at Kempton. And I don't see any reason why you couldn't come over and and do well again. Um, but then again, you're kind of looking at William Mullins, and um, it's fair to say, James, that the the jumps trainers just have there's something about these staying races at Royal Ascot, I know that Andrew Balding won it back in 2019 but you've got, and Mark Johnson as well to be fair, but Gordon Elliott Alan King, Willie Mullins um, they've all got a, a pretty exceptional record one of those trainers will not be represented this year for obvious reasons, but Willie Mullins is throwing a few darts at this and wouldn't be afraid to have MC Muldoon run on the Tuesday and then doubly run again on the Saturday but Stratham right now is the one that Ryan Moore is currently booked on so they've already scooped him up and that's where I would look for um, for Tony Bloom uh, as a current 8-1 yeah, yeah, shot right now
2: It's just the extreme distance isn't it you know he brings about that t- type of horse that the, the National Hunt trainers train and you know the one one horse I did look at which really interested me you know you can look at Mildenberger for Mark Johnson he's quite exposed in my opinion there's a horse running Side bins are called Global Heat, Ocean Murphy rides. Now, obviously, you've got to take the trip in complete trust that the horse is going to switch off and get it. But this horse has got a very high level of form um, down at lower distances. And it might just be one of them races that, you know, if, if, if Ocean can get this horse switched off early and bring him into the race quietly, this, this could be a horse that's got the class rather than just the stamina. You know he's gone. He's gone like sort of staying distances out in in Marlin Six in, in Maidan and he's got some really really good form. He's he looks an easy horse to ride in a race, and when you look down to his even his ten furlong form, you know behind horses like Solid Stone, and he runs. He seems to run to a consistent hundred plus rating on most of his runs, um, be it in England or Dubai. First run back for sideburns, so You know first run back here this year. Um, I'm going to have a look at this horse and just watch him for the future because he could be one that is the class horse in the race, in my opinion, and not just the horse that stays well. And, you know, is national hunt trained and will handle any types of going, um, obviously the Dermot world horse won the Chester cup. Will he run, you know, Falcon eight? I think so. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's a solid level of form. Mm. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i be watching Global Heat with interest um, Ocean Murphy for side Bintour they must think that this horse has got the ability to stay this trip he certainly helps himself to get this trip the way he races um, and they must be confident that he will stay that trip
0: his current entries are Queen Alexandra followed by the Northumberland Plate and yeah. the Irish St. Ledger I should yeah, say they, like, say they, should they say must Comer, have a, a Comer strong Comer opinion. Group. Irish and Ledger because Luke Comer puts an awful lot of money into racing so fair play but um, the fact that he has those entries clearly says that mm. side thinks he's going to stay
2: yeah That's a and the Ocean's already jocked up I just, I just I think he could be a class horse in the race Okay, horse with a change of gear and speed
0: and uh, Global Heat is uh, a double figure price as we currently record you can easily get 14s about mm. him with those who are actually betting so follow that kay Tracy
1: Ah, it's really interesting races actually isn't it and and it will be interesting to see if any of these Mullins horses if they go well and if they're turned around again quickly to then target the last race on the Saturday which we wouldn't be one bit surprised if Willie Mullins did that and you know when you look at the likes of Saudier uh, admittedly I'm a lot happier to see him over a mile six tomorrow rather than two mile five and a half furlongs because I just don't think that he wants to slog over this kind of a trip so if he is Turn around quickly, even if he wins impressively tomorrow, I do not want to see him over this trip, really. <laughs> I just, yeah, this wouldn't be a proper kind of uh, summer test that I'd want to see him in. For all that he did run in the Champions Day, as hurdle over three miles but i think that was more sort of just just swinging for something really on the back of a, a bit of a disappointing campaign there over the two miles big time over hurdles yeah but i just uh, i i don't think he's quick enough for two mile hurdles anymore but that mile six tomorrow should be something that he's actually looking for. I just wonder if he if if this is kind of an opening for Saudi that I've been hoping for to really see his true ability. But and then I mean, Mister uh, Mister M C Muldoon, Mister Muldoon, to give him his official title,
0: Mister M C Muldoon to you, <laughs> okay,
1: Mister Muldoon. Goodness me, uh, yeah. I also um, was happy to then see him entered um oh well oh, on the uh tomorrow as well isn't it in the five o'clock of uh, the handicap there but yeah i just i again i don't really see with him over this trip either i don't i again i'm just not sure that he's another horse that would want this trip and and especially if he did, was turned around quickly but when you look at the queen alexandra stakes Won last year by Who Dares Wins, and that just goes to prove to you how much you need to be a proven stayer to win this race. He Mm -hmm. even came into this race on the back of running the Ultima over three mile one at the Cheltenham Festival. So that's the kind of stamina you need here. Or even the year prior to that, uh, where Cleonte won the race on the back of finishing um, behind Who Dares Wins, incidentally, in the Chester Cup. Mm -hmm. So you need that proven stamina. And one horse who does have stamina in here, and I'm also looking away from a national hump point of view here, where with Staghorn, because he's already jocked up with Holly Doyle. He looks a decent price here as well. And this this horse, he's been a bit of a dude really in his career so far. And I actually remember... Kiron came home after riding out at Archie's there every day back in the first lockdown. And he was talking about this horse. He was coming home talking about this horse, saying, geez, I'd love to get this horse as a jumper. <laughs> and oh, wow. that was after, that was after Staghorn's three starts, then the season prior in Maiden in and Novice Company. Evidently, he's progressed to far greater things than that. Just um and Ciaran, Yeah, Ciarán's completely missed the boat in poaching him. Um, but obviously, it was good to see. Uh, but he's just a horse who will stay the trip. you'd have, have every confidence about. And he's just getting better and better with each of his runs. And even on his latest start, which was his reappearance in the Brute three Cigarro Stakes behind Stradivarius, he wasn't disgraced at all in that run. And there isn't a Stradivarius and Ocean Wind and Nayeth Road in here for him to have to beat. And he was a bit keen on that latest start. But as I said, that was his reappearance. He could have been fresh. And he is he's just a typical slow horse who's just numb rather than overly exerting himself. And I mean, James will tell you this himself, that something you see time and time again with slow horses, they're always the most numb. Because when you actually let them off, they can't go any quicker. So you just tear your hair around and wonder, why Why are you doing this? You can't go anywhere. <laughs> and that is, basically, that is basically this lad. That is basically Staghorn. Uh, so I wouldn't have much fear about him getting a trip on that basis either of being keen. The fact this is this is a conditions race as well, should see him well enough treated. Bearing in mind, he's got the mark of 108, one pound higher than Mirando, yet he's a much bigger price. And I'm pretty sure Staghorn will be carrying less weight here I'm not entirely sure about this, but I think Miranda will be carrying nine seven and Staghorn nine three. That's if I've read the conditions correctly. Could very easily be wrong uh, because some of that depends on how the class Staghorn's conditions when at Pontefract. I think that counts as as him carrying a penalty here. But either way, um, Staghorn should be carrying less than Miranda here. but is rated one pound better than him. Clearly, makes some value against a favourite with the potential for further improvement likely as well
0: for him. Odds compilers are completely confused by this race. Like thoroughly confused. Yeah. yeah. Because Stycorn is 12 to 1 with one firm and 13 to 2 with another. We'll
1: take the 12, thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks very much.
1: (laughs) I'll be on my way. Gobble that up. Thank
0: you very much. Bye bye. Cheerio. Thank you. And Holly Doyle, of course, booked to write. Uh, Before we get best bets, quick one for uh, Mr. Savage. So obviously this is day five. Hopefully you're listening beforehand of the other Sir Michael Stead horses that are going to be unleashed at Royal Ascot, who are you most excited to see in action?
2: Um, I think we send a team sort of broad team of horses. You know, we don't send horses there unless realistically, they can, you know, represent themselves well and run good races. Um, I'm a, I'm looking forward to seeing Real Reality get back out tomorrow in the Queen Anne. The, the favorite, it's going to be very hard to beat. Um, but they also love the ground. It'll, um, there's not a lot of pace in the race in my book, but um, if the, he does need pace to run at, um, but he's he's he'll be an exciting horse for the year. Um, I think um, Noon Star is a filly. I've been you know really looking forward to seeing. It's a shame she didn't make the Oaks, but you can't send them to classics unless they're up to 100 perfect and she's in great form now in the ribble style
0: form got a nice Um, bit of a boost as well
2: you know yeah you know and let's be honest you know things didn't go right for a couple of horses in the in the uh, musidora but i being biased thought you know we suffered more from the lack of pace and the sprinting Mm -hmm. she's going to stay the trip extremely well she's very versatile on the ground um, you know, we've got chances right throughout the week. Solidstone tomorrow is going to run a big race in the Wolverton. He'll love the ground. He's won at 10. People might say he's better at a mile, but um, he's got tactical speed and he'll. Yeah, it's a stiff 10 there. So maybe that's a slight issue. But the fact that the ground's so quick gives him every chance and he's in good order. Queen Power runs in the Duke of Cambridge. You know, she, she's only got a short distance to find with the William Jarvis filly. But I do like. Uh, Williams Philly um, she's a she's a justified favourite and she'll probably take a lot of beating Sangarius steps up to the Prince of Wales um, you know it's, it's a brave shout we've always thought so much of him it's a small field you only need a couple to underperform and suddenly you're, you're there falling out um, it's, it's, it's just a strong field but I'm looking forward to seeing him race uh, we've got King and a in a Hung cup, drawn on this near side, progressive horse, lovely horse by Kingman, on by Saeed Hell. Deserves to take his place. Um, we've got a filly I like, actually, in the Kensington Palace Stakes, is a chiefly park filly. Um, they bought us a foal from James Wigan called Lights On. Um, she's very progressive. She's won at the track. Course and distance, um, I like her. She's, um, she's got a progressive profile. She's uh, training well. Again, she's drawn down near the stands Rail, but um, there's only 17 runners, so it won't be as dramatic as the, the Hunk Cup. But I can see her running a nice race. Um, I like her a lot. Then we move forward. You know, spoke about Noonstar. Star. Um, Arian Power in the Britannia. Won his last two starts. Loves to r- race off a fast pace. Both times he's ran, although they're small fields, the front runner's gone very, very quick, and he's at a, he, he's at a target. I think that's the way he likes to race. So for me, the Britannia set's up perfect for him. Um, we've talked, you know, Indigo Jones. He's probably going to go to the Saturday. Yeah, he's a nice horse there in power. Um, he's doing nothing wrong, everything right at home. The reason, you know, sometimes you can win two races in small race fields and think, well, they were tactical, he got away with it. He had natural speed. You look back at both his runs, they're in very, very strongly run races. And he's picked up off that fast pace. Um, yeah he's he's a nice horse lovely horse by Kingman uh, we've run just fine in the King George handicap uh, for the Queen uh, progressive last year then ran in soft ground in the nursery and just probably found the ground a bit too testing at that stage of his career um, being a little bit weak at the time but I see the stars ran a bit disappointing at Newmarket but um, he's, tr- yeah, he's training well at the moment so we're, we're hopeful of a decent decent race from him and then, you know, you've got Potter Pover in the Coronation States. You're going around the back of two wins. She's run around Chelmsford and Redcar, but she's been that impressive and she's got a mark that entitles her to take a chance. We've, we've done it before with unexposed fillies in, in the Coronation and, and and been placed with like Jubiloso and Voracious. So um, she should run a nice race. You know, the filly in the of Sheikh Sheikandans by Dubawi called Samut. Had a very progressive profile, winning two on the trot, and then got caught wide at Wolverhampton last time in quite a warm race, I think, for Wolverhampton. Um, And it just didn't happen for her. But these are all horses that are, and we've talked about Saturdays runners, these are all horses that are going there that will run respectable, and hopefully let's have a few winners. Um, I like Noonstar, I like Lights On, and I like Dream of Dreams.
0: I'm very confident about Noonstar. Probably a little bit too confident. Um, and uh, I just need you to add in a fourth and you know who that fourth <laughs> is
2: <laughs> <laughs> I each way get
0: out of it man.
2: you'll know what's going to
0: happen you'll know uh, right best bets best bets for Saturday uh, Kate okay.
1: Uh, Staghorn in the Queen Alexandra Stakes <laughs> hopefully to still get that 12 to 1 rather than the 13 to
0: 2 I oh, do take that 12 to 1 now <laughs> take it quick <laughs> with Holly Doyle on board and um Holly if you can't make it for some reason um there's a, a guy that Kate Tracy knows that would be more than happy to step <laughs> in at Royal Ascot. Uh, best of luck, you on.
1: <laughs> to take him around faking it. To <laughs> the winter. Yeah. <laughs> I, ain't
0: doing no, I ain't doing no flat racing, fool. Um, right, right. James, your nap of the day for Saturday.
2: Um, have to be Dream of Dreams. Um, I love Point Lonsdale, um, but I'll side with Dream of Dreams. And I think Beloso will run a massive race in the jersey. Okay,
0: Point Lonsdale, I completely agree with you. Um, but we all know who I'm going to nap. <laughs> Highest ground. Highest ground does it. Back in the winner's enclosure last time out, Ryan Moore on board, goes and wins. And by the way, I have no idea if Ryan Moore's going to ride this horse. But if he does, <coughs> the pleasure I will get from that, you have no idea. If Ryan Moore if Ryan, <laughs> Is that an unmarked police car outside my house? <laughs> am, I, am I being marked by the cops? Uh, if if Ryan Moore is on board highest ground, um I will be absolutely <laughs> ecstatic. Uh, not least because I'm up to the eyeballs in him. Anyway, best of luck and obviously gamble responsibly. Uh to- ten to follow. The entry's closed Tuesday, so tomorrow. We're recording on Monday at 12 p.m. 100% of the pool goes back in. So this takes a lot of logistics and a lot of effort for Tote to run. So they're operating this at a loss and doing it for you. It's £5 or €5.50 to enter per stable. Uh, You can also enter for free. And um, it's one entry for free. And I think when you've listened to the five... Previews and heard Aidan O'Brien and Ashin Murphy talk. There's a few big guns that we could leave out. Palace Pier is an obvious one to, to have in there, but there's a few big guns we could take on and try and go for it. So let's let's try and get the gravy. Best of luck to you. Enjoy it. Um, there are best bets for day three, and we have we have a lucky fifteen there. So let's go and um, hopefully in 2022 be able to head to Dubai because let's face it, we're not going anywhere this year. Uh, James Savage, an absolute pleasure and um, please God, you won't be too annoyed at me and we'll come back on the show very soon. Absolutely. Happy days. I'm now starting to get a little bit freaked out and think that that is an unmarked police car outside my house. But anyway, (laughs) that is a private joke from before recording. Uh, Kay Tracy, a pleasure as always and you will be back for the reviews.
1: Yes, very much so. No, pleasure was all mine. Thanks so much for your company, guys. And enjoy the week.
0: And thank yeah, you for your
2: company. Yeah, hopefully with some winners.
0: Yeah, hopefully Ooh. the gravy will be flowing left, right and centre But some strong views from James and from Kate. Really enjoyed that. And I hope you did as well. Enjoy Royal Ascot. It should be a lot of fun. Um, look, it's going to be a, a terrific meeting. And um, we might, Rory and I might pop up on Thursday with uh, a second look if the weather dr- drastically changes. So keep an eye out for that. But you've got five previews and the Aidan O'Brien and Oshin Murphy special as well. So we've covered it as best we can for you. Hope you've enjoyed it. The review shows there will be two of them to come. Kate Tracy, Roy DeLargy, Peter fornatal Jamie Benson. Take care everybody. Best to luck for Royal Ascot. James, Kate and myself we'll chat to you soon. God bless.
2: The
1: final Furland podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Think you can't get better value? Think again. Ten percent bigger dividends when you bet direct with Toteplus at tote.co.uk